You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Paul Hudrick, and I am joined, as always, by Seamus Clancy. We're talking Eagles. We're talking wild card weekend. We now have an opponent for the, your Philadelphia Eagles, and that will be the New York Giants. Very much looking forward to that. Seamus, you were at practice today, so we're definitely going to touch on all things that and maybe on some pizza. That's uh, and we're also going to talk Sixers, who are on the West Coast right now, and I feel like it's someone just said, are they on an eight-game road trip? And it certainly feels that way to me, even though it's only been two games so far. Um, and then uh, not really much in the world of Phillies, but we are going to touch on a little bit of Flyers. They came down to earth with a drubbing uh, at the hands of the Boston Bruins. They play the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday night as we're recording this podcast Tuesday afternoon. So we will get into some of the uh, Flyers talk as well. But we definitely want to start with the Eagles and Wild Card Weekend. You know, it was a lot of fun, Seamus. I mean, because even the games that no one was expecting to be very good were actually very good, right? Uh, you know, the, the Ravens gave the Bengals all they can handle. The Dolphins gave the Bills all they can handle, made those games much more fun than they should have been. Seattle, for a half and like, a drive made that game yeah. interesting. Um, so yeah, and and it, well, and, and the Monday nights just such a bummer because that game that was the game I think a lot of us were anticipating, and that was actually the stinker uh, of the bunch. But we're, we're definitely going to get into the Giants and that being the Eagles' opponent, and we're going to preview that. But for, other than that, what what, what kind of stood out to you? Uh, Wild card weekend. Doug Peterson, of course, with one of the greatest comebacks in playoff uh, history. Lots of stuff going on for the Eagles. Lots of stuff that's pertinent, I think, to the Eagles matchup with the Giants. But initially, my media thought was Monday night absolutely sucked. If there was one game <laughs> Eagles fans really wanted to watch from a I need this team to lose, not for a any purposes that help the Eagles or things like that or seeding was seeing Dallas lose and to see them have a game where they completely control things, even though the Brett Mayers extra point situation, missing four extra points. That's a situation where the other team needs to make that team pay for having four missed extra points in a game. Did you see the Ben Simmons tweet, by the way? Because it was remarkable. He tweeted about it? No, no, not him personally. Oh, God. The Ben Simmons related tweet. Oh, no, no. Someone said Brett, someone said Brett Maher at lining up for an extra point, and it was Ben Simmons about to take a free throw. Love it. Love it. Perfect. So that sucked to watch. But otherwise, it was an awesome weekend for football. If you're an Eagles fan, that's exactly what you wanted. Some high-octane football, some entertaining aspects there. Doug Peterson, obviously a familiar figure to Philadelphia, has this unbelievable, historic comeback that only solidifies his case as one of the best coaches in the NFL, I think, in that the way they won, it wasn't just a Trevor Lawrence thing. It wasn't just a Jaguars defense thing. It wasn't just a Travis Etienne thing. What that game will get be known for is the turnaround based on the coaching staff and Doug in particular. So obviously I'm 
not shy about it. Have a huge affinity for Doug. You know that that Eagles team changes my life. I credit him so much for being the guy who oversaw the forty-one to thirty-three, the thirty to seven, this offensive mastermind that gets Nick Foles playing like Joe Montana somehow. So so amped to see that. So happy for the guy and glad he could finally get his first non-Eagles playoff win. Of course, a Eagles Jaguars Super Bowl would have a whole lot of juice as a as a media member as a Big J journalist. That'd be super entertaining to watch and cover and write about. But otherwise, lots of fun. Even Sunday, I thought the Cincinnati Baltimore game would be a little bit of a stinker, but that's a divisional game, and that's what right. was my greater point was, you know, two two quarters and. Half of the third quarter for Seattle, San Francisco was competitive. Miami, Buffalo shouldn't have been competitive at all. And it wasn't a start because it was 17 nothing Buffalo. But Miami makes it the game and it goes down the wire. And uh, Buffalo doesn't come close to covering. I think it was 34-31 was the final yes. score. Mm-hmm. And then what, what was the other divisional game we had? Cincinnati, Baltimore, we had that. Those were yep. the three, right? Mm-hmm. So all those divisional games were tough. And the teams didn't cover or, or things like that. Like it, it wasn't a blowout. And I think that has some relevance to the Eagles this week. I think the Eagles are better than any of the teams that played last weekend. I think if you're going to say the team that's better than them, maybe on paper Kansas City, though I do like Cincinnati to come out of the AFC this year. And some of those opponents, I think, are, are better than the Giants. But ultimately, the Eagles know the Giants well. The Giants know the Eagles well. There's not going to be a lot of trickery going on around here. Dabble and Sirianni know each other well. They think they coach together and. Kansas City in like 2010, 2011, 2012, that era for just a season, though, they overlapped. It's exciting. And I, I don't buy into the just of, oh, you can't beat a team three times in a year. I think teams are 21 and 14 after this weekend, after beating a team twice in the regular season and then closing it out with a sweep in the postseason. So, even better at home. Even better at home. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want, I think it might have been 18 and four. At home or something like something that ridiculous too. like yeah, yeah. Like it's that. it's it's very it, it's, throw that it, stat out the window if yeah. there's things you want to worry about if you want to worry about dexter lawrence if you want to worry about saquon barkley in the ground game worry about that don't go galaxy brain with your <laughs> drunk uncle and talk about how they can't be the team for the third time in one season my drunk uncle has some great insights though um i mean no. if you want some schemes on third down and such that might be the guy to ask more than jonathan gannon oh for sure yeah definitely knows more um Man, Kirk Cousins, what the hell was he doing? That check down play. If I was a Vikings fan, which LOL, obviously. Yeah. That would haunt me. Fourth yeah. and eight checks down three yards with no chance of that ball going over the sticks. Give me Brett Favre. Give me Carson Wentz. Give me Jameis Winston. One of these idiots who, while at times in their career were unbelievable players, made their share of absolute bonehead moves. Throw it up in the triple coverage, 20 to 25 yards downfield. Throw it into the end zone. Do anything but do that. That's the end of your season. That's the last play of your season until for nine months, and that's what you did. You have literally the best wide receiver in the NFL. That's you have the guy who led the league in oh receiving yards. Just throw it to him. What's that's the, I summed mean, up his career. No, it really does. Statistically, very good player. Uh, someone who's super accurate, has a really high completion percentage. I think his completion percentage for the game was 80%. But man, I'd really rather have been cool. 78% if I was a Vikings fan of him. <laughs> yeah. Throwing that, you know, over the goalpost, just doing anything besides yeah. taking the L in the cheek. I mean, running for it was a better option than what he did, like legitimately. Like that was just go Elway helicopter mode. Do anything but that. Do anything literally but that. anything yeah. but that. Anything a, but that. I'd rather take a sack and know that you were just scrambling mm. around trying to find yeah. magic. I, I don't know. No, that no, no. Was, that's that's a good that point. Because it's not like I mean thing. 
he had pressure on him, but you like you're like you said, you could he could have danced around the pocket a little bit and just tried to make something happen, but he did he he got that ball out like way too quick for for a fourth of eight. And like someone said that like they have a legitimate theory that they believe he didn't he didn't realize it was fourth down, which I almost would believe that, but at the I, same I think time that's believable, but that's yeah. even more damning, right? Like <laughs> Get the hell out of the city type vibes if that yeah, was in Philadelphia. No, it's bad. I, I think yeah, if that was an Eagles quarterback, that would be well Brady that did that, that last that year, right? Didn't yeah, he? Brady forgot the downs. That was either that might have been actually the year they won the Super Bowl. He might have done that. Like that Monday night against the Bears. Yeah. And he's got uh some rings that might be like, hey, yeah. one thing's happened, but Kirk Cousins with his reputation doesn't quite have that high optane yeah. performances in big <laughs> games. He does not get that pass on the last play of the season. And that's on uh, coaching. That's on everything. If you don't, if the quarterback doesn't know the down, it's obviously on him. But additionally, I think something has to be on the coaching staff too. The Giants are a pretty good opponent. I, you know, there's a reason why they were able to beat the Vikings at home. Other than the, Kirk ups, Cousins, the upset Kirk that Cousins. wasn't an upset because everyone picked it to be an upset. I know everyone picked the Giants. Yeah. Um, but the Giants, I think, and you've already touched on, they have a hell of a head coach. Yes. They have a, a a, a historically pretty good defensive coordinator in, in Martindale. They have some pieces. You, Dexter Lawrence, that was one of the most dominant interior pass rush games like ever, right? I mean, I, like statistically speaking, like he was I'm shocked he was, the way he came along this year after some slow starts earlier in his career. Yeah, he was incredible. They have Leonard Williams, who's also a hell of a player on the interior, plays some outside too. But uh, they have two. I, I happen to like both of their safeties and think they're pretty darn good too. And McKinney and um and Love, they have some players uh, now. If you're looking at it talent for talent, clearly the Eagles have more talent. They just really do. Uh, there, there's just no two ways about it. Both coaches, I think, are pretty damn good. Both staffs are pretty damn good. So it's going to come down to like, I mean, really, like as cliche as it sounds, health and execution are going to be the big things, right? It's you know how how healthy is Jalen Hurts? How healthy is, is is Lane Johnson? You know, it seems all indications are he is going to try to give this a go. You were at practice today. I, I know Hertz spoke. I know Sirianni spoke. Uh, other than the pizza thing, which which we'll get to, um, what was your biggest takeaway from today? Uh, what I did want to say with the Giants is, on paper, the Eagles should be better at 20 of 22 positions, I think. The only player I'd give them an edge is Dexter Lawrence for one of the, the defensive tackle interior defensive line positions, and then Saquon. Sure. So it does come down to execution. But today at the link, uh, well, I shouldn't say the link. At Novacare Complex, I was down there at practice. Just seemed uh, relaxed vibes. I would I would say it that way. I talk, I spoke a little bit with Dallas Goddard, asking him, you know, during the locker room, the locker room was open. He didn't he didn't have a press or anything like that. It was just a walkthrough of the day, which was close to the media. Right. Usually the uh, Eagles media members will be able to see the first five, ten minutes of warm-ups and individual drills and practice before they do the real shit and we go back to the uh, press area or whatever you want to say. So I was talking to Goddard. He said, I said, hey, man, you've we're a little bit younger, but you're you're a veteran. Your first playoff game was four years ago. That uh, double joint game, he caught a touchdown in that game. And yeah, you know, how do you view where you were compared to now or where you were last season? Because this is kind of the same nucleus as last year. And he said, yeah, earlier in my career, uh, that, that first year, he you know kind of just viewed himself. I don't want to say backup. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he was the tight end too behind Ertz as Ertz at that point. Ertz had you know Super Bowl and had an historic uh, catching year that year too. But he said last year, his first year as you know the main guy, and he felt a little bit different heading the playoffs. But he said that, and this is paraphrasing, I'm not doing a direct quote, that 
they think their goal last year was to get to the playoffs. Hmm. And that's where the energy lied was that they were so happy that they made it. Whereas this year they knew they were going to make it. And to him saying, Hey, our goals are bigger than this. He said something along those lines, which is definitely true. And for a guy who's been here with Nick Foles, he's been in playoff games with Jalen Hurts. That's the exact answer I wanted to hear from a veteran on the team, a well-respected player, a guy who's really an all pro caliber player when he's healthy and, that's been an issue for him, sure. But I like the mindset. I like the way Sirianni always carries himself. I've been a fan of him this year. Um, and even some of the nonsense of last year, I kind of felt like I needed to defend a guy from the from the onslaught. More so with the introductory press conference than the, the flower speech. The flower speech was a little – whatever. I'm, I, I wasn't covering the, the team day-to-day then. I, I can't really speak to what was going on. That's different. The atmosphere down there was good. You know, guys like Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Jordan Maylotta, all in good spirit, Jason Kelsey, and total, uh, I don't say sicko mode, but just you could tell that guy cannot wait to get on the football field Saturday. Oh, yeah. And I didn't I didn't go to Jalen's presser today because that intentionally, uh, I would say from the media, uh, coincided with the opening of the locker room. So I guess there wouldn't mm-hmm. be too many media members standing around in the locker room. So Jalen spoke, did listen to it. Everyone said he seemed, you know, typical Jalen, locked in, all of that. Uh I didn't see any any buzzworthy quotes. Maybe he did have some though, but I didn't listen to it. He had the one that got thrown out there. Something about I, a bounty was that he, it? There's this bounty on me every week, okay. which I kind of I, I do kind of like the way that kind of I do I like it a lot the way the way he carries himself with stuff like that where it's just like I don't even know how to describe it like like it's like the, going back to the whole I am the system quote like just. It just and, it all just like doesn't doesn't just nothing phases the guy and like, effortless like, self awareness. Yes. And it's just like not like it's like not like, yeah, there's a bounty on me every week. Like it's nothing like it's just it's because a lot of guys would, would will lobby or complain or, you know, if, if they feel that way and, seem, you know, I don't get rough, which he doesn't. That's just it's so funny because someone said because there was that horrible roughing the passer call on Cousins um, yeah. on that last drive. And someone said, like, oh, would you be saying this if this is Jalen Hurts? I'm like, I would be happy that the Eagles got away with it. But yeah, I would admit it was terrible. But also, yeah. lol, because Jalen Hurts would never get that because he yeah. just doesn't get the benefit yeah. of the doubt with those types of calls. Most running quarterbacks do not get the benefit of the doubt with those types of calls, um, which is a sh- which is a damn shame. But it's true. Makes um, you think. What's that? Makes you think. Oh well, yeah, that's. Uh, get into <laughs> that's that, that's a that's a longer running thing. Rather everyone than can year, draw obviously. their own conclusions there, but I definitely hear that argument as well. Um, yeah, it's just the, the way he carries himself in justice. It's all like very matter of fact too. Like I, it's just it's it's such a confidence without being cocky. Like it's he like it's just uh, the made in a lab to be a professional quarterback. Legitimate. I mean, yeah, uh, skill wise, unbelievable. I meant just the, the demeanor that no, I, make up what yeah. I meant. Uh, the no, the talent is obviously there, and the way the he's crafted the skill over the last year and credit to the coaching staff, but also credit to the dude. And we all want to credit Sirianni, offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, quarterback coach Brian Johnson for what they've done developing him. And those guys deservedly show will probably go into bigger and better jobs this offseason. And again, deservedly so. But, you know, still want to credit the dude for, for all the work he puts in. And, man, the wasn't isn't specific today or me being in the Novacare today, but always, whether it's at the link, after the games, and usually after wins uh, in covering them this specific season – uh, they love that dude. And if you're a fan of the team, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you are. That's the exact type of atmosphere you dream of for having this team, this clear-cut leader everyone adores, fans, media members, players, coaching staff, 
front office, you know, the, just the people that work in the building were crying out loud. Uh, special guy, special player. Well, and that's it, it goes back to I remember Lane Johnson, like as soon as Hertz kind of took over, I remember Lane Johnson like put his put the picture up in the barn, in the workout yeah. barn of him. And it's like this says he didn't throw Carson Wentz up in his barn, like with respect, you know, not even to just we we've already poured enough dirt on Carson Wentz, but just to say like this is how they this is how this is how Lane Johnson feels about this guy. You see how Kelsey talks about this guy. Guys that have been here, the confidence they exude for him, it speaks volumes. Like it really does. Um he is the unquestioned leader of this team emotionally and on the field. Um as a player, he's and to your earlier point, like people, and I'm one of them, you know, doubted whether he was going, whether he could be, you know, whatever franchise quarterback, number one quarterback, however you want to phrase yeah, it. Yeah. What I never doubted and what no one should have ever doubted is that he was going to do everything within his physical power to make it happen. Yeah. I never doubted the person, the human Jalen hurts because that dude is absolutely a one-of-one -one type of guy. Like he, he works and the, the me, everything about him, like off the field, he's everything you want. And then this year he's been every, on the field. He's been everything you want. Like he is a perfect franchise quarterback. He truly, truly is. Um, I just hope he's healthy. That's my biggest concern. I know he's not kinda... uh, listed on the injury report today. Yeah. Uh, so I will clarify for fans. I, I didn't even really realize this until I started working at Philly voice. The team does a, we'll do an injury report on a day. That's a walkthrough walkthrough. Isn't a real practice. This is just kind of, you know, you're going over plays real quick. Simple, really simple stuff. Not contact, not full speed, anything like that. Uh, but the team, the team does an approximation of what they think their injury status would be if it was a real practice. Um, so guys like Lane, uh, who else? Robert Quinn were categorized as limited participants today. And Jalen Hurts wasn't on it at all. So full participant, not on the injury report. So encouraged. Uh, obviously, he didn't look like the... The full extent of his powers in that week 18 win of the Giants. I think part of that was, hey, he's hurt and he's hurt. And that, that's what happens. And also team being cautious of not, you know, doing the full Jalen Hurts package. We talked about in the red zone. They're not running him barreling through the line, all that stuff. They weren't doing that. And then also, and Sirianni would never say this, but probably played it slightly vanilla in that game, knowing mm. that they were going to, again, Dabble no Sirianni. They they played it earlier in the year in December. I went up to the Meadowlands for that game. They smashed him. I think what was it, forty eight twenty two or something like that. So they've seen the plays, but there's also wrinkles that you know, you're always adding stuff to the playbook. And I think sometimes it was present. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people might overreact to oh halftime adjustment, this adjustment, bye week adjustment. But uh, they certainly have things up their sleeve, as does every NFL team come to postseason. Yeah. Every team that no, makes it. it it, it makes it look even smarter that they didn't do that now that yeah. they are in fact playing the giants uh it, it makes it look even smarter that they just said we're going vanilla and we're going to do we're just going to rely on having enough to beat them and they did and that's all that was the only goal of that the goal of that game was not to beat them by 50 points the goal of that game was just to win it and get through it um i'm sure they would have liked to deliver a knockout punch much earlier and just kind of and just squash them but it didn't happen and it's so funny because like it's two weeks now and like who cares, <laughs> right? Like who yeah. gives a shit that 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 game happened? And it's too. I, I feel like, of course, you can ride good momentum from the end of the season in, into the playoffs, right? You could totally yeah. that that happens all the time. With that said, we've seen plenty of teams kind of limp in 
Um, you know, including uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl yes. falling ass backwards in the Correct. playoffs with a backup quarterback. I was there, but yeah, like th- with Nick Foles looking like the worst quarterback in the NFL on Christmas Day against the Raiders, that was one of the worst games I've ever watched in my entire life of watching football. The closest um, I've ever the, been watching a football game. <laughs> and then the guy looks like one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live um, in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. So that's why you can't go to you can't worry too much about the last few weeks it really doesn't matter it just the, doesn't the giants um, finished their season two five and one that's and, and that's exactly sharp yep. as iron in minnesota yeah and they were much healthier too they they, they got some guys back they were yeah. you know saquon was much healthier and you could tell he had a little bit of an extra jump to him uh they they looked like a much better football team than they had in weeks um you know so yeah it, it's it's not like so like baseball is like a sport where it's like yeah like generally the hottest team although your philadelphia phillies kind of didn't really go into the playoffs on fire either, but that seems to be more of a sport where like down the stretch, if you're hot, like you catch it at the right time, you, you can kind of ride that momentum and other sports too, but like, but like football, I feel like it, it's, it, it can happen. Surely like wild card teams have won because they sneak in and they get hot that ha- like, you know, obviously the giants being one of the most prime examples of all time of that um, when they beat the Patriots, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not to say that needs to happen. Like you can kind of stumble in a little bit, and they were so good for most of the season, especially when Jalen Hurts was the quarterback, that you feel like they could like they're gonna be able to get that back. Like they can get that back. I- I'm confident they can. Um so we'll see. Nick Sirianni, the and the and the staff, they were they were taking in Giants Vikings, watching that, assuming that they might have to be planning for the, the New York Giants. And they had an interesting meal choice, Seamus. Yeah. I'll give That's the a, I'll give the inside baseball version. That yes. Only people in the arena or the arena in the press area, the Novacare complex today can say. So this is exclusive info. A media member, I don't know who it is. I want to say Zach Brennan or the athletic, but I'm not 100% sure. If I'm miscrediting this person, I apologize and wish I remembered who said this. But one of the first questions of the press conference next year on today, first time speaking to reporters this week, said, hey, uh, you know, were you watching the games over the weekend? When did you start prepping for the Giants? When did you do this or that? And he said, Sunday. Uh, they're there, and it's just uh, it's not the whole team the way I think people might be blowing up with this, but that's just natural to happen like that. Couple assistants, they're prepping for potential opponents on Sunday, and Sirian did say that they were doing a little bit more work for the Giants and the other teams, and as we saw, that was the correct thing to do. And they're not attentively watching the games the way we would be in our living rooms or things like that. They're not, you know. They're kind of just looking up as much as they can if they're hearing plays. It's not like they're able to even, you know, I have DVR on my cable. You can't even rewind stuff if they miss something. That's just the vibe they're going with. And, you know, he made a quick comment about that. And then he said, hey, we didn't realize we're playing the Giants and our, you know, our game planning went from there. You know, a handful of questions go on in the press conference. And then one of the last questions, maybe the last question was from, for sure, was from ESPN's Tim McManus, who was sitting next to me, great reporter. Always has been Burge 24 seven days of Philadelphia magazine, whatever. So can you give us a little bit more color about where that where that was? Who were you with? What part of the building? And I'm not super familiar with the inner workings of the Novacare complex. So that part didn't necessarily compute for me, but he did say, you know, I was uh was craving a Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza, which I haven't had in, in so long. It's not something we ever get at home. And we ordered that one. And it was just he obviously didn't expect it to be a big thing whatsoever, but I saw everyone, every reporter took their phone out and started texting and going on Twitter for it, which is exactly what they want you to do. And that's part of the fun of being a writer for sure. Uh, but the reaction seemed mixed for Eagles fans about Pizza <laughs> Hut. 
I actually have very strong. I'm a very pro Pizza Hut person. I don't know if Ooh, you are. You okay. had some takes. Was not anticipating this, but okay, go. So there, there's other factors here. Look, if you're in South Philly, you're in the Novacare complex. Are there a hundred pizza places in South Philly that you could have ordered from these little mom and pop stop stores, corner stores, whatever that are, are better pizza than pizza? Of course, that that's obvious throughout the city, wherever. But there is something about just being a little worn down, feeling you know stressed out. Guys probably aren't. It was a bye week. They still probably weren't even barely sleeping, going home, all that crazy stuff. Sometimes you just want something that's like kind of shitty to eat. Just soak up the grease and, you know, uh, how would you say it? Emotional eating. Just stress, stress mm. eating some Pizza Hut stuffed crust. Eating your feelings. Eating your feelings. Yeah. And sometimes uh, I'm not a big fast food person. That doesn't mean I, I'm the healthiest eater on the planet, but I don't eat a lot of fast food. But I did as a kid. Uh, I remember my grandparents had moved out of Southley to Delaware County. I don't remember the uh, the town. I'm not super great with the the geography of that area, so I don't want to say something wrong if it's incorrect. But anyway, near them there was a Pizza Hut place. Whenever I'd go, well, I wouldn't say whenever, but sometimes my grandma would have a stuffed crust Pizza Hut waiting for me. So there's a nostalgic factor there for me, though. Uh, going to Pizza Hut, very '90s move. I don't know if you've ever the red glasses, the red oh, cups. Dude, I First of all, I mean, because you know, I'm, I'm much older than you. I did you not expect me to be pro Pizza Hut? Pizza Hut's no, the only, I was not. The, it's, it's really the only national chain. I would say I really like Dunkin' Donuts and I'm a big pro Dunkin' person. There's okay. only two chain types places that I have any affinity for whatsoever. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I was, and it's, it's a fair thing to say that, you know, you're in South Philly, tons of places to go. So like, no shortage. A La very Rosa, good pizza. Rosa and Broad and Snyder. Nick, next time, order from Nick. Do that. If I'll throw out a little local rec so I can still say I'm supporting small business while also chilling out for, for big pizza, for Pizza Hut. There you go. Uh, or, you know, it, it, even though he's not really small anymore, Angelo's obviously, I mean, you know, can't yeah. go wrong there. Uh, yo, I mean, yeah. If you can get through to the phone. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I think they could afford to send someone down there and have them wait. They'll be fine. Or I, I, have, I also have a hunch that uh, they would hook uh, Nick Sirianni up. Just, just a thought. Um, but... No, I mean, yeah, I'm much older than you, so Pizza Hut is like, yeah, like when we were younger, Pizza Hut was was the spot. Like oh, yeah. Pizza Hut was legit, really like it was, and like you didn't, you didn't get delivery from Pizza Hut or no, like, no, you went there. You went to Pizza Hut. It was an experience. You experienced Pizza Hut. Um, of course, the lunch buffet. We had one when I was in high school. Uh, we had one that was like really close to to our high school, and and we would walk over, go to the lunch buffet, and crush a bunch of pizza for like five bucks or whatever it was it was amazing um i'm sure they hated all of us like <laughs> look in retrospect i'm sure those waiters and, and waiters were probably like man these kids suck like this is horrible um now that i have that uh perspective from from working at restaurants and, and such over the years but the other thing too yeah like there is a nostalgia factor with specifically stuffed crust pizza the stuffed there crust, is. yes, it has to be the stuffed crust. It has crust, to yes. be the stuffed crust. And I can tell you that, like, as a kid, I loved stuffed crust pizza. Same. I did. I would want it all the time. And I remember, too, vividly, again, this is, I'm going to age myself here. Um, there was a commercial. It was David Robinson and Dennis Rodman. They did a pizza commercial when the stuffed crust pizza first rolled out. And the whole the whole gag of the commercial was, obviously, David Robinson very, you know, very well-kempt, very conservative type of man, you know, a, a, a serviceman. Yeah. Dennis Rodman, 
Dennis Rodman. It's Dennis Rodman. Exactly. So the, the gag of the commercial was, oh, David, I'm David Robinson. I'm eating this stuffed crust. I'm eating the crust first because I'm like off the wall and crazy. And Dennis Robinson's like, oh, I don't know. That's a little much for me. Um, I'm going to eat my pizza. That's a pretty good commercial. I like that. It, it was very funny. Um, if, you, if, you, if you've never seen it, I, I suggest looking it up on a YouTube uh, search. It's, it's funny. I could see the Sirianni boys having that. Sirianni from a big coaching family, from a big football family. <laughs> yeah, right? The Sirianni was... kids, the, the dad coaches a Friday night game. Mom's tied to the kids. Everyone's acting up. Dad says, get in the minivan. We're going to Pizza Hut after Let's the game. Let's get some stuffed crust. Get yeah. some stuffed crust. That's my uh, imaginary and I feel like, Sirianni wait, coming how, up today. Sirianni's like my age too, right? Isn't he? He's pretty close. He's like 37, something like that, 38. I think, he, I think he's 38, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Th- there you go. So him and I are – That's maybe that's why I felt it. He's 41. Because, 41. Oh, wow. He's older. Okay, I didn't realize he was that much older than me. Um, But, any, but still. You know, June 15th, 1981. At such a close proximity, like that's yeah, like we're we're very close in age. So that's probably why I felt that when he said it. I'm like, yeah, like guys, a, a lot of people were going in on it. I'm like, no, I get this. Uh, and there is like there is sometimes you just want the shitty food. Like, yeah, I can go somewhere and get like a really good gourmet burger wherever the hell I want. But sometimes I want a quarter pounder, man. Sometimes it just hits the spot. Like, I don't if know. you want to go to if you want to go sit down at Pizzeria Badea and have a nice night, have a couple of glasses of wine or craft sure. brews phenomenal evening if you're crunching some work off the clock when you really don't feel like it and you're stressed out and you're just like f it man we're ordering pizza hut like i don't even know where the closest pizza hut is that's what i was talking about it's yeah a, that's a good order is it especially as a, a native south philadelphian I, I couldn't really picture a spot there <laughs> used to be one on 23rd 24th and past shunk but that's closed for at least a couple of years now that was the last one in the area so i'm really curious yeah to figure out where they order from now. See, I got to look, look it up now. I was going to say as about. a journalist now, you need to, you need to figure that out, but we're going to take a quick break. So you, you can take your time, look that up uh, on the other side. We're going to talk some Sixers, some interesting comments about uh, from Kyrie Irving on uh, James Harden that uh, I'm sure a lot of you saw that were very hilarious. And we're going to talk a little flyers, uh, all that right after this break. We'll be right back with more after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back. I'm giving you a minute because I, I, I am also really curious to know so where this nowhere, where the nowhere close. Is. Nowhere close. Yeah. So the closest one to the Novacare complex, the closest one to, I don't want to say like other parts of the city, but the city proper, like the center city yeah. area, you know, the, the main strip of the city. Closest one up in Port Richmond, Kensington area on Al, in, uh, Aramingo Ave. I'm not kidding. They could have 
Jersey was closer. Like they, there's one on the Black Horse Pike in like Audubon. Yeah, the there. Yeah, like that legit is probably closer well, than he lives Oregon. in Jersey. So theoretically, that could have been that seems been the cool. one. I'm closer to the Arab. That's because that's literally right. I mean, the, the there's a ramp for the bridge right there to get on the Walt Whitman. So like that, they that's feasible. That could have been that could have been the move by somebody. Uh, what's a five dollar toll when you're getting some stuff cost pizza? You know, what is, I'm sure yeah, everyone's. I'm sure they. Test. I'm sure they tip well on caviar and DoorDash. Yeah, I feel good about that. Or, or they just got someone pick it up. Who knows? Um, that's funny. Yeah, because that's. I mean, maybe they did order from the one in Port Richmond. I don't know. It's possible. So, I can't even picture that one in Port Richmond. And I like my that's where Carrie's from, and I can't even picture that in my head. But I can picture a Pizza Hut in a burnout strip mall. But <laughs> I can't picture the one that specific one though. <laughs> Is it a Pizza Hut Taco Bell? That's no. It's a Pizza Hut. It might be one of those Pizza Hut wing stops. That's the new ah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Right, vibe. right, right. The modern vibe. I should the say. one I believe the one in in Mount. So it's not. Technically, a Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, but it's Taco Bell in the front and then Pizza Hut in the back. But they are two separate things. It's so bizarre. Um, that's in on the Black Horse Pike, and I think that's considered Audubon. Um, yeah, weird stuff. That's a weird area. It's they have literally everything you could ever need in that in that entire area, but it's weird. All right, so now we're on to the Philadelphia 76ers. I want uh, fucking Pizza Hut now. Fuck. <laughs> Favorite good pizza tonight? No. Um, well, it's, it's I will. I should. Ashley's birthday's tomorrow. I want to give a shout out to my fiance Ashley on a happy birthday. So we no. are going to an event at Evil Genius Brewing tonight. And then ah, okay. A, nice, a nicer dinner tomorrow. So fair enough. No fair pizza. Enough. That's what I'm going to eat if I come home and it's Sunday or Saturday at midnight after the game they lost. There I'm it ordering, is. I'm ordering Pizza Hut. We probably uh, my, if they my, uh, win for the year. If they win, we should both get Pizza Hut and eat it on the podcast. No, we should do that because next <laughs> week that would work out. Why not? Maybe. We'll see. I don't know what time because I don't know if it's like this Pizza Hut. It's like just sometimes they're like just dinner. I don't know. No, that's probably lunch. The Aramingo have one. If they have a website, would definitely deliver it to where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know if the one in I, I might have to go pick it up, but it's definitely there. I'm really into this. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Slug a couple beers, eat some, eat some pizza. Hut. We yeah, get paid a, for this. This is great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a life! Maybe we can get something too expensive for us. Um, say it's for it's journalism. Work. Yeah, it's yeah journalism. Sure. Hashtag uh, the Sixers though they're on the West Coast. They won the first two games of their West Coast trip, both by one point uh, over Utah on Saturday, uh, over the Lakers on Sunday. Seamus, you're forgiven if you didn't watch those games. I watched. I both. did. You did. Wow. I did. Well, I that's, had work. See, that's, that's I had I had some work responsibilities with the team, uh, editing PhillyVoice.com, Sixers writer Kyle Newback's articles. So I was was taking it in. I am not going to watch tonight. I'm I'm lucky that I'm technically off today, but I will be watching the the late night one. West Coast one on Thursday night doing that. See, now this is the one tonight's the one that I actually think has the chance to be like the best, the best game, right? Game. Yeah. yeah. Although I think that, I mean, the, the Clippers are a little banged up. I know Wall's out, Kennard's out. I think George was questionable. I don't know where we're at right now as we sit here at 447. Something might have changed there, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, man, West, I'm hanging by a thread. I can't lie to you. These West Coast games are brutal for me. <laughs> I'm struggling mightily. Yeah. When I, when I worked at NBC Sports, Philadelphia. 
I yeah. do the the social media shifts for mm-hmm. those late night games running mm-hmm. it. Uh, that was always a little rough. The the worst was like a Flyers ten o'clock game against the Kings. Like no uh, one cares about no this game, cares. including me. <laughs> Speaking of games against the Kings that no one cares about, the Sixers play it Saturday at ten o'clock. So that's going to be the least watched Sixers game of oh, the yeah, entire season. Yeah, we were like to, to Kyle. Does Eagles work for us on? Yeah, game yeah, day yeah. Because we want as much Eagles content as possible. For the voice, we were like. Just write something tomorrow. Just write something on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's what we're. I, I'm gonna have the. I'm gonna have the two TVs going, but uh, I think it's fair to say my attention will be more on the one that has the football team on it. But uh, don't tell my boss. Um, you you listen, run a general Kings, Philadelphia okay? sports podcast. And it's it's true. part of the job, man. It's part that of the is job. true. What's bigger in the eyes of the general Philadelphia sports fan? And I think pretty clearly, it is Eagles Giants. But anyway, the Sixers. Which figures won- an Eagles preseason game or a Sixers game seven? Uh, it is no, Sixers game seven. Sixers. Yeah, 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 it's just effort. Yeah, <laughs> I go Sixers. Yeah, um, Flyers it, maybe. Flyers maybe. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the Flyers playing in a game seven at any point in the next three four years. Can you see it? Three four. May I mean maybe like four years okay. <laughs> in the first round. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking even just the first round. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, definitely not, certainly not this year, certainly not next year, but things it's, can change quickly. It's this organization's it's those dream sports. as currently constructed to lose in seven games in the first round every year. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that would be, they would feel really good about themselves. Play ticket that revenue, your oh, yeah. end, of the, end of the year flight, get your tickets in. Yeah. I really love the Flyers. So at one point, I, I part of my role in here is to kind of be the Flyers hater. I feel like it's before you had talked about it in such a pure light, the Flyers. And I was like, man, this there's pain in this guy's voice. It was like my uh, sad boy Sixers rant yeah. from a few weeks ago. And then a team started doing good. And I, I wrote a, I wrote a Harden article on Monday for Philly Voice, and I was tweeted that, and I was like, they're sucking me back in before it all collapses in May. What a time! If I haven't learned a goddamn thing over the last 21 years. Yeah. I thought a lot of people were going to check out with that OKC loss because that was kind of ugly. It but yeah. you know what, though? Clunk- I mean, two things. Clunkers happen. Like, you're not going to be up for all 82 freaking games. It's just not a thing that happens in the NBA. The other thing is, too, I owe, like I am a big believer in teams feeling like they owe another team one. And the Sixers embarrassed the shit out of them on New Year's Eve. That was a disgraceful game. Like, that was so bad. So I knew that Shea, and like Shea didn't play very well in that game. So I knew. That they were they were trying they wanted they would they felt like they owed the Sixers one and they were they were coming out. Shea went off, man. We have 37. 37. He's so freaking good. I absolutely love watching him and him and Ja are my two favorite players. I absolutely love watching both of them play so much. Um but the Sixers, yeah. I you read about James Harden and I saw the one I don't know if you saw that one crazy stat that James Harden and Joel Embiid, it, it's like the most a player has assisted and most scored, like as a duo. They have like they're they're the best basically as a scoring I saw that, duo. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. They that they're number one, and they've missed a ton of games. So I mean, they Harden's played in twenty eight, and Hart and and Embiid hasn't played many more than that. Like it's so it's pretty incredible what they're doing offensively. Those two games, and like I think what impressed me about those two games is like Maxi's still not quite himself yet. He he's not you know he's not shooting very well. Tobias has kind of fallen off a cliff from a three-point shooting perspective recently. George Yang hasn't been hitting shots. Anthony Milton hasn't been hitting shots. P.J. Tucker hasn't really been doing much offensively all season. Um, so they are so reliant right now on Harden and Embiid 
and they still won those two. Like they won those two games just because Harden and Embiid are great. That's it. Like there's yeah. no other reason they won those two games. They did not play well otherwise. They're, the rest of the supporting cast was not very good. Uh, Tobias was good in the second half of the Lakers game. He actually played pretty well. I think he had like 12 of his points and hit a couple couple shots that felt big, like like shot clock winding down, whatever. Um, I, I thought he was, and he was also pretty good on LeBron uh, late in the game uh, defensively. So, yeah, I, I just, I'm blown away. And I probably shouldn't be blown away, right? I mean, this is two of the, the best offensive players in the sport, but they have just been so ridiculously good in the pick and roll, offensively playing together. And I was joking, I was talking to Dave uh, early earlier, and we, we were, you know, just, just are having a random chat. And I, I was saying, I guess the next step is they have to figure out how to get guys shots off of the pick and roll. But at the same time, if they're just going to score every time. We need optionality come the playoffs when the defense is yeah. tightened up. You get better sure. defenders and everything. But it, it works really well in January, though, right? And that's that's what you're – if you're a Sixers fan, it's you're hoping for January. this is this is what continues on through April and even May. And I really like what I've seen from Harden. Again, I said I wrote about him this week. His playmaking over the last – as he's kind of transitioned out of this mega score era has been uh, – best it's ever been. And his efficiency numbers have jumped while his volume has gone down, which in the ideal world, right, the Sixers acquired James Harden. He looks like 2016, 2017, 2018 James Harden. He's averaging 35 a night. That's just not who he is physically or skill level at this point. In his, he's age 33 season. But he's shooting almost 39% from three on 7.4 attempts per game. That's mm-hmm. the perfect level to be in, I think, for right that's now actually for the rest elite. of the regular season. Yeah, that's, that that's volume, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And that's it feels like low volume to him because in those right. the end of that Houston era, he was doing eleven a game, twelve a game, twelve point nine a right. game, stuff like that. I think that's career high was twelve point nine a game in twenty eighteen. But a lot of that those years were coming with league average or even slightly worse efficiency numbers around 35, 34, 36, because it was such a high volume. He was a chucker and then getting to the line, and that was what his became the scoring maestro that he was. So to get this version of Harden we're seeing over the last couple of weeks and this season overall, uh, I'm more confident in James Harden right now as a player than I was maybe 10 months ago, right after they traded for him. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, right now. And you've already seen them. They had their flame out last year, whatever it happens every year. That's why I get so <laughs> discouraged with this team. But be looking for any sort of silver lining. And if you're a Sixers fan, I guess that's all you can hold on to sometimes is not that they learned from the loss, but they've had a year to gel since then. It takes you time. See, it. You see what the points and assist numbers. It takes time for guys to like as great as guys are. Sometimes they got to adjust, and both of them have just adjusted so well too. Like the, the biggest thing, I, I two big things I've noticed with Harden. One, uh, the drives to the rim. He's actually getting by people, which he has never done as a Sixer. This is this stretch recently is the first time he's really like actually getting downhill, blowing by people and finishing at the rim, um, much less foul baiting too, which I, I'm happy about. Cause he was frankly, he just hasn't been getting calls. Like it just, it, he just doesn't get them anymore because it swung. It was so far the other way for him for so long. And now it's swung so hard back the other way on him where they're now they're missing calls on him that actually are legit. So I think he is now realizing that and saying, all right, screw it. Well, I'm just going to take it to the basket and, uh, we see what happens. Either he finishes on his own or he takes two guys with him. Joel B gets dunks, which <laughs> Joel B will take that because we know how hard it is sometimes for him just to get a friggin' shot off um, in, in the past before James Harden got here. 
The other, the, the, the biggest thing though, and I think it, it really, it, it helps the Sixers. It helps Joel Embiid especially, and it just helps their offense so much to catch and shoot. He was so, like he had such an aversion to catch and shoot threes last year. It was like frightening. Like it was, it was like, it was borderline like, dude, what are you doing? Like he would just pass up wide open threes. He like, didn't feel comfortable doing catch and shoot. There was one player, I remember he was wide open. He took a dribble first, I guess, like to make himself feel better. And then he shot and he made it. But like, that's the kind of stuff he did last year. Whereas this year he's firing. Um, And, and yeah, the volume's lower, but the efficiency, as you already pointed out, has been for him, it, it's outstanding. And, and it's, it's yes, the, the assist numbers are way up there and he's, you know, if once he plays, I think he's at the like 65% of their games. Once he hits 70, he can then qualify for the league lead in assists, which he will clear Tyrese Halliburton by like a full assist. Um, that's how good he's been in that regard. But just the way those two are playing off each other and helping each other, like they just don't. I'm so curious what they do with the deadline. I, there's a lot of chatter out there. I've seen a lot of people talking about the, the whole ducking the tax thing and. Brian Tepork did a really Washington Commanders aren't going to buy themselves. Yeah, that's not it's not good optics. I will 100% give you that. That looks a really bad look. Though the the way Brian Tepork kind of explained it because he's much smarter than I will ever be, um, and than many of us will ever be. It's there's so much uncertainty about the new CBA and what the tax is going to look like there, and how much if it's going to be way worse, if it's going to be you, they don't know. So to kind of avoid that repeater tax, that's why Darren Morey is trying to do it more so than to just simply save Josh Harris money. I don't listen. I, if they don't make a move that makes them better, that's, that's shame on them. Like flat out. I'll say that. Like if, if you want to duck the tax, that's fine. Duck the tax, but you also better find a way to make this team better. You better add a player that can help you because if that's all you do is duck the tax, man, that's a bad look. Um, especially after James Harden takes a pay cut after you cut Isaiah Joe and Charles Bassey to give you quote unquote, more optionality at the deadline so that you can be below the tax apron and yada, yada. And it gives you more room to do stuff. So if you say all that and do all that and you're gearing up and your, your goal is to win a championship. And then the only thing you do at the deadline is duck the tax. Yeah. That's, it's not a good look. I'll say, and, and I'll give them this. I'll give them yeah, this. Yeah. They have a team that if they don't do anything, they're going to be really like, they're still, they still have a shot to be really, really good. If they do nothing, um, this is a team that's going to fight for, one of the top three seeds in the conference. I think they wind up being the two or three seed I when all is said and done. Yep. Just my three. opinion. Three. Three's, yeah. I mean, the, the Bucks right now, I mean, Giannis is hurt. KD is hurt. So they have a chance to make up a little bit of ground here. Um, they're only, I think they're half game behind both teams. Um, I think Boston winds up. They're already kind of pulling away from the pack a little bit Agreed. as the one seed. And I think that's where they, they're going to kind of stay. But um, if they do nothing else, I think that's where they are. And I think they're, they're they should again, win another first round series. And then, Second round, and then who the hell knows? Uh, but with that said, the other teams are going to get better. Like the Bucks are going to make a move. The Nets are well. The Nets might not make a move. They don't really have a lot of flexibility. But they might. They might make a move. Um, the Celtics might make a move. They're pretty deep already. They have. No, a lot say of they're already so deep. Yeah. Like, they, but, but who knows? But that's they the might. thing. It's it's a it's an arms race at a certain extent when you're going for a championship. That's exactly. part of that's part well, of that's everything, part of right? Too, is if you get a guy. That say the Bucks or the Nets are interested in, it's two, it's double whammy. Making, right. You're making yourself better and you're taking away a player that could help somebody else. That's so, uh, I, 
So it would be a, a real, it would be, a, I mean, a damn shame if, if they walk away from this deadline and all they do is get under their tax. That would be really, really disappointing. But I'll, I'll save my nuclear anti owner take for after the deadline. I mean, yes. giving Joshua Harris the benefit of the doubt has never worked out in my life. I don't think as my, my time following the Sixers, <laughs> but I will say, because I have some sense of trust in Daryl Morey to know that, you know, he really wants to win a, an NBA championship. Uh, so, Sixers have been on my good side the last couple of weeks, so and I'm going to chill right now. I won't, I won't crush yeah. them, but we'll talk after the deadline. About and it, if Harden, Harden doesn't take a pay cut and doesn't do, and doesn't come back, I wouldn't think, unless he really trusts that that you know what I mean that they're that they're trying to do everything they can in their power to win. Um, not that the options would have been bountiful had he just hit free agency openly last year, but he might've had options. So, and he, he didn't take them. He, his option was he wanted to come back here um, and credit to him that he has looked, this is clearly the best he's looked as a Philadelphia 76 or the best he's looked really since he got traded to the nets. Um, in my opinion, and he looked like an MVP candidate yes. at that point. Agreed. agreed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, right now things are good. You, you know, you got February 9th is the deadline. Give this a couple weeks, see where you're at. But I, I, I think a wing, you know, every team's going to be looking for a wing. But if you could find some type of wing on the market, um, that's a slight upgrade over what you got over, you know, o- are there any, any options to you? I don't, I don't know what the options no. would be. So if I'm being honest, like it's, it's kind of too soon, too, right? You don't really know who's 100% and the market's out of all it, screwed right? up. The market's all screwed up because of what, you know, because of the ridiculous offseason trades with, you know, go the Gobert trade ruined everything. Um, ruined basketball. I mean, it, yeah. I'd like that take. Uh, with it. I'm sure that I'm sure if you're if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves and you watch and you watch Walker Kessler on the on the reg, you're like, damn. Um, you know, not to say that Walker Kessler's that, better than Rudy Gobert. Could have seen that trade not going well. Yeah, I think we all. I think everyone. So I was down the shore for that, and I was just like, "What the? Why? What? Yeah, wild, wild trade." <laughs> Minnesota sports fans having a tough one. What if you had a guy who was worse than Al Horford, then another guy who was worse than Joel Embiid, and you put them together? Yo, I'm just thinking about it too. Like Rudy Gobert. Like they, they, try to, they try to do. I'm sorry. They try to do Horford and Embiid again, what, what with two worse players? Yes, that's a very fair way to look at it. That's a very fair way to look at it. And know it's going to be funny to me. And, and Edwards if, is already probably the best player on their team, so they're ice, like, they're <laughs> effing his situation up already. Uh, what, what I'll find funny is if Joel Embiid decides to play, because he hasn't decided who he will play for internationally yet, but he is now a French citizen, and he is also American, so he could theoretically play for either. If he decides to play for USA and him and Talents play together and they just crush everybody, like that would be hilarious to me. That's because, the like, that's the ultimate inversion of uh, international basketball, you would say, right? The not just playing super small, but playing gigantically big like that. It's well, sure, the FIFA rules that. and being able to goal. No, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great yeah. idea, just to, in terms of just being a basketball lover, basketball fan, to watch that. And beat a USA jersey would go really hard at the shore. I think we're all mm. we're French jersey. I'd wear that. Yeah, not French, but sure, we're just rooting for the guy. Yeah. Not necessarily for the whole team. Yeah. Going to wrap this up with some Flyers talk. The Flyers got their butts kicked by the Boston Bruins. Very much a felt like a come down to earth game for anyone who was kind of having delusions of grandeur about where this team was and about them possibly getting into a wild card mix. They played a very good team, and you see what happened. They they just got 
thoroughly beaten. They play the Anaheim Ducks Tuesday night. They're pretty bad. They're a tanking team. They're probably going to get a high pick, which the Flyers should probably do. That's one other thing. I will be there Thursday. They're going to beat a team that they should be emulating. Yeah. Um, on Thursday, it's the Blackhawks. And I just want to boo Patrick Kane. You know? I just want to boo that guy for so many reasons. On a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So many reasons I want to boo that guy. Um, I'm mostly in it for the beer and food. I can't lie. Uh, but it's been a while since. Historically, fans of both of them. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've taken in a Flyers game. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And as you kind of already talked about, you know, I, it, it my, so I have one of my best friends. Um, we share a birthday. Um, we're five years apart, but we share a birthday. So every year, um, him and one of my other best friends, the three of us, we would all go to a Flyers game together That's for awesome. my awesome. friend and I's birthday. Every year we would do it. Pandemic ruined it. So we haven't been back. We, it's funny because we went in January of, no, sorry, February of 2020. I went to a game then, yeah. That yeah, February They were in a roll. Yeah. It was fun. Um, yeah, the Flyers were playing great. That was actually a fun time to be a Flyers fan. Um, but yeah, February 2020, that was the last time we were there. We didn't we didn't get to, to do it last year, which is a bummer. Didn't get to do it the next year. Bummer. Um, but here we are, January 2023, and we're bringing it back. And I'm very excited about that. Wish the state of the team was uh, was better because it's it's not very good right now. And it's 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 frustrating. It is. It's just frustrating. And like to see the, I don't, did you see the whole thing with Tortorella and the iPads? Yeah. yeah. Like, dude. Do you want to explain it to the listeners if they haven't? Yeah. Heard it? Uh, so they, they, so they, they are probably lesser on Flyers news than Sure. Fair enough. Um, every NHL team now has iPads on the bench uh, to look at reviews, to look at plays, whatever. Um, every, every single team in the NHL. Tortorella doesn't want them on there. Got rid of them. No more on the iPads. No and more then, snap, no more snap face, no more my book. <laughs> Bill Belichick isms. He thinks he's hockey, Bill Belichick. Oh, he certainly does. And so he was asked about it, and he just gave like it was like a drill tweet, like the answer. Like, <laughs> like it really was. Like, dude, like, like, don't tell everyone I'm unhinged. I'm unhinged, but I'm but I'm totally unhinged. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this totally unhinged response. But I don't will tell never log I'm off, unhinged. coward. <laughs> don't write that I was mad. Um, like, Flyers games are so fun to go to. Yes. Uh, I, I would almost put an Eagles game in a in a separate category because it's just like for me when I was a fan and when I had season tickets and I was going like that before my current job, it was entering a war like a mental and physical war zone is how it mm, felt like to I me. hear what you're saying uh, so yeah. it's a different animal maybe uh but if you're going to a generic nfl game a non-eagles game i would put going to a hockey game over that of any of the four really fine hmm. but yeah in there, i think is the most intense experience but here we go I'm eagles gonna... eagles home game just a different uh mindset for me for those games for sure. i'm gonna put you on the spot okay and we're gonna close it out on this yeah four four major sports in person versus TV, with the, the in person version being better, rank them. Oh, hockey's the worst on TV and the best in person. So okay. that's like the complete inverse, I think. Interesting. So okay. Hockey. No, like, so we do this. Best on TV is football. Football was literally made for television. I'm with you there. Hockey. Putting this English degree to good use, writing on paper. Yeah, it's I love Hockey, it. I love whenever I yeah, hear a pen clicking. I dude, I still have a notepad and pen. I always have. 
I'm putting football second. Uh, and I'm speaking this more objectively and, and generically. I don't know. I haven't been to any, never been to a professional, well, NFL, I should say. I've been to some uh, Philadelphia Soul games, a, football, a professional NFL game that didn't include the Eagles. So I'm putting football second in terms of attending. I would put, I'll put baseball third because I think going to a baseball game can be really fun, whereas watching baseball sucks. I'm putting baseball second to last on watch. And then, I know basketball in person, if the team's good, it can be fun. But if the team sucks, it, it can be really shitty. And, you know, I had tickets during the process and we made our own fun out of that and that whole sure. era. Uh, but I think uh, more likely than not, the just the nature of the NBA, you're going to get more bad games than good games. So I'm putting basketball down there. I would say, too, with basketball, you I think unlike the other sports, like it really matters where you sit with basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to like baseball, like you expect, like Sisters like Park, you could sit anywhere in that stadium and it's great. Um, even really in the link, like I don't know, there's not really, I've, I've sat in the nosebleeds in the link and had enjoyable experiences. I've watched some of the best games I've ever watched in the nosebleed seats. Uh, so I'm just doing the four sports. I don't really know how yeah. great soccer. I've been to a couple soccer games in my life. I went to uh, one or two union games at Subaru Park or whatever it's been called previously. I'd seen the union play, I believe. Who, was it Chelsea at Lincoln wow. Financial Field? I could okay. be getting the European team wrong, but it was mm. like a, one of the European powers. I don't know if yeah, it was yeah. an English Premier League team or a uh, La Liga team, but it was one of like the better. It might have been, honestly, uh, not Barca. Who's the other big Spanish team? Real Madrid. I think it was Real ah, Madrid. Right. It was. I think it was a Real Madrid versus the Union. Anyway, my uh, soccer team. So I got in person hockey, football. Baseball, basketball, on TV, football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Almost exactly inverted. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I also see for me, baseball's number one to watch in person. I don't think there's any wrong answer. Which no, is a cop certainly out not. Take, it's all it's all it's I the beholder one. How do you want to set the scene? Is this a April Phillies game, a weeknight that you bought tickets to early in the season because you're hype and then you go there and you're sitting up top well, and the winds are 15 all, miles per hour. And... We've discussed this. I don't do baseball games in, in April. That's not yeah. a thing. No, like we did talk that, about that. Yeah, we, we don't or do that. are you there on an August Saturday afternoon where it's actually not the hottest day of the year and it's only 85 degrees and you're there with either your maybe your partner or some friends or some family yeah. having a nice cold brew or two? That could, that could leave up to number one for sure. Yeah, and, that, and that's – I think it's – it's the all encompassing experience of a baseball game because I think even if you go to a baseball game and it sucks, there is just the environment still such that you can still have a good time. If that makes sense more so than I feel like in other sports. Um, and that could be, I'll say this too. You know what else I think is a factor in this? The, the venues like absolutely. Especially center sucks. Like yeah, Wells Fargo center sucks. sucks. Since Bank park, it's, I like, and I'm I really having a, a hard time. Like describing what an in-person football experience is, I don't know anyone who's going there to objectively watch a football game, right? Oh, sure. Like going there is like uh, I'm going to it's the so league to to yeah. mentally set myself right. on fire for four hours. It's 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 just <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to. It's it's not a sport the way going yeah, to a sporting. It's not a sport. It was never a sporting event for me the way well, these other things are. It's too when you're talking, you know, sixteen games, eight games at home. You're right, you're eight games, and I had I had six or season tickets at one point, so I was paying for forty one games a year as yeah, opposed to eight. It just feels different, and the the entire city's culture is based around those eight Sundays. It's a little, it's yeah. different, but that's part of yeah. the fun of doing this exercise. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, but I I don't know where I, I don't know where the other sports will fall, but definitely for me, 
Baseball's one. Just because I just I, what's number one on TV for you? Football. It's got to be football. It was for, it, for like the the yeah. rise of television is directly proportional with the rise of yeah. the NFL. Especially yeah, and like and I just there's so much to like a, the presentation of a football game too, and like the pregame great, show. Such all the, all the games too. are starting from the same slate, so everyone's waiting for one o'clock. They have the pregame right. show. The announcers have this almost grandiose atmosphere to them. The way I, I don't get the same feeling, and it's because people's football is my favorite sport. It's going to differ. Your mileage may vary, but uh, you know, I don't know. And I just love I love like how can you not um, be poetic about football? There's certain there's certain my, announcers too, like like more so than other sports, I would say. And like I, with respect to maybe basketball I mean, basketball has got some really great announcers too, but like football, like when it's like Al Michaels, when it's Mike Tirico, when it's Joe Buck, like Tony Dungy falling asleep Nance. during the Jaguars comeback. <laughs> they got well, not, crushed. Okay. Well, they, yeah. Did you see that? No, I didn't actually see that. Michaels was pretty bad. And I don't know if he just had Thursday night football itis and was just kind of checked out on football this year. But really, for a guy who, even in his older age, obviously this isn't 1980 Miracle on Ice, but yeah, still to his day has, has made some great calls, some big calls, and just kind of seemed a little out of it when the Jaguars are mounting this huge comeback. Even it's not like he was getting hyped too early or wasn't telling people to believe. It's you know Trevor Lawrence outstretching his hand for that extra point to make it a two-point game. And he reacted like it was just an ordinary play. And Tony Dungy, who, great coach, uh, built that Tampa team that eventually won the Super Bowl, even though he wasn't there for it. Uh, sleep at the wheel, really sleep yeah. at the wheel, and it it didn't deserve. And that that's part of what I like football too. The the, the broadcast can add so much to it, and that's what you want yeah. for a broadcast. You want the, the goal for a broadcast for any sport is to not just not take away from the game, but to add something. And that was the worst case scenario where that was actually taking yeah. away from the game to me. Like if that was Buck and Aikman, that would have been that would have been an amazing game. I used really to hate Joe be. Buck when I was a kid, and everyone hated him in like 2007, oh, yeah. 2008, 2009. The guy's awesome. He's really he's good at his job. He's, he's, he's really the good at his job. I, 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 he's the best. I, I, you, you could probably tell me a guy you think is a better play-by-play guy, but I'll probably disagree. I like Joe Davis, the, the up-and-coming. Joe Davis is very good too. Joe Davis will be really doing impressed. the. He'll be doing the Eagles game Saturday night. Yeah, I was really impressed with him during the uh, during the Phillies playoff run. He was really really good. Um, I like to. I like guys who like what Joe Davis. I thought was good at is. He clearly does his homework. He's very well informed about both teams, but he doesn't like shove it down your throat. Like he just slips it in at appropriate times. He doesn't feel the need to like, I hate when, when play by play guys overdo analysis or overdo. Yeah. Like I, I talked to such and such and you got like, no, nah, I think like you, you throw it in at appropriate times. Um, and I feel like Joe Davis is really good, but they just has that. And I think it's like a feel thing. Like, I don't think that's something you can necessarily teach someone and play by play is so friggin' hard. Um, but I, it's, it's just an innate thing he has that I, I, I think not everyone is blessed with or able to do. Um, and clearly like, yeah, like Joe Buck is awesome at that. And I mean, basketball, yeah, there's some great ones. Basketball. I mean, um, Breen's obviously amazing. Kevin Harlan's awesome. And Kevin Harlan does football for, uh, on the radio and it's great if you ever listen it's great. He's awesome it's great um, he's just a great announcer in general but and i love guys i love the guys that cross over iron eagles another one that's very he's very good basketball very good at football um enjoyable guy to listen to but all right i think that's going to do it for this edition of the thirsty dogs drink faster podcast hopefully you and i will be back next week talking about an eagles win and eating some stuffed crust pizza 
Dude, I'm in on this stuff, Crust. If they okay. win, only if they if win. win. If we yeah, lose, if we're if not doing lose. it. Or maybe we, we did. Maybe do it to eat our feelings. I mean, you know, I don't know. Oh, uh, no, because then I'm gonna be like, it's off season mode. I'm finally gonna get it together. I'm gonna eat healthier after mm, starting the season. Okay, okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. All right. Um, then maybe we'll just do like a cheers to the Eagles season. We'll just pour one out or something. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, but we right. will. But if they win, we will have some pizza let's, and a let's beer. for the pizza. Yeah, let's yeah. for the pizza. Um. Uh, <laughs> But that's going to do it for this edition of the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast. For Seamus Clancy, I am Paul Hudrick, and we will talk to you all next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.